Welcome. You're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick, your host. I'm here to shepherd you through the introduction to this episode, point you in the right direction, getting you mentally prepared for what's to come. And what's to come is a weekly radio show on WPRK featuring makers, artists, and professionals who are doing something neat. Real talk for a second, I usually try to put an inspiring message at the end of each episode, but who knows if people listen to that part. Instead, I'm going to shake it up a bit and put it here. You're really something. You have all your own teeth. You know what berries to eat and which ones to feed to the people you don't like. You're an all-around cat's meow. Great job. I'm proud of you. And now on with the show. Old Crow Medicine Show on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. The best in basement radio and the voice of Rollins College. You're listening to a certain degree. My name is Nick. I'm here every Monday from 7 to 9 a.m. Every Monday with a very special guest this week. No exception. Very special guest named Jim Inziello. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Nick. Thank you so much for being here this early. Thank you. Waking up on a Memorial Day, waking up (laughs) on a Monday, coming in early. After partying last night. Yeah. After partying last <laughs> night. So you had a, uh, well, I want to talk about it a little bit because oh, you, right. you date back to, I, I think I was seeing that uh, there's a lot of uh, music culture here in Central mm-hmm. Florida and Orlando specifically. And uh, you have, uh, you, you touch on that a little bit. Yeah. I, and so, yeah, I want to talk about that a little right, bit. But cool. uh, other than uh, hanging out at a 3D printing meetup, <laughs> we don't really know each other. No. So let's get to know each other a little cool. bit better. Uh, in fact, let me get to know you a little bit better. It really doesn't matter if you know me because I'm just the host. You're the guest, <laughs> so we need to know you a little bit better. So, Jim, we're going to play a game. It's it's like 20 questions, but just slightly different. All right. So we're going to play a game today called Have Your Cake or Eat It Too. And so the idea is having your cake if you're for something and eat it too if you're against it because gotcha. having cake is great. The smell, the sight of it. Some of these cakes are so incredibly ornate. They're like pieces of art. Right, right. Like, why eat it? Why eat it, yeah. At this point. And then uh, eat it too is bad because, A, you're you're trying to get healthy. And one of the things I know about you, that you're you're out there, <laughs> yep. you're, you're working out, you're trying to be a little healthier. You had some, uh, I wouldn't call it a health scare, but yeah, maybe was- just... Over caffeinated, over you're way over caffeinated myself. Yeah, and so you're working out. So cake would be bad at yeah, this point. Yeah, so definitely. have your cake, thumbs up. I should exp- yeah, I should too, actually describe no, that. Go. Yeah, yeah. I'll just think of too. like a really lame like uh, vanilla cake that I don't want. That's exactly <laughs> like, right. Like like the sheet cake that they give you at the party or at, no at oh, like the, the really the monthly uh, birthday party at with work. The, uh, with you the cruddy icing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not nobody, from Publix. Nobody wants that. Not the buttercream from yeah. Publix. Oh. Yeah. All right, so let's start with an easy one. We're coming up on it. School's about to end, or it has ended for some people around here. Summer camp. Right. How'd you feel about that when you were a kid? Oh, love summer camp. So yeah. I will uh, have my... Have your cake. I will, I will, I will, yes, I will have my cake. <laughs> Was there any particular one? Like, now, I, I don't want to sound like a super old man, but now <laughs> kids these days have like a million choices. So my son and my daughter have been to theater camp and filmmakers camp oh, and wow. coding camp and... Um, All of those things. Was I there a particular one that you liked? I would have killed for any of those options. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, no, I, we we had basically it was a, a park that was down the street. Uh, it was like maybe three blocks over, uh, and I walked to it every day. 
uh, for a summer camp. And it was, it was essentially like you got to make uh, like keychains and it was not that interesting. But the one cool part about it was um, we had Frisbees. Okay. Of mo- like hundreds of Frisbees. And, and Tron had just come out. So oh, nice. we created the Tron Deadly Discs on the playground and we would just <laughs> nail each other in the head. <laughs> and it was it was guys and girls. We were like we're all like, you know, throwing our identity discs around. It was that's amazing. It was great. Yeah, that was that was definitely great. Summer. And I think we'll talk about Tron a little bit more okay. because that was a very influential movie it was, it was. in your life. So I want to get back to that. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about technology, though. Where are you on smart homes? Have your cake. Or eat it too. Uh, it's a tough one, right? It is tough. I I think that there is a potential for smart homes to be very good for humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, it's kind of meh. So. Well, it's not all automated. <laughs> You've got all these competing, uh, yeah, and very expensive environments. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, over oh, way overpriced. If you go to Adafruit, you can actually make a lot of that stuff for yep. a lot cheaper. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would say I'd have my cake. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you'd like to be able to say, uh, have a list of groceries sent to you automatically or even yeah. go directly to the store because yeah. your smart Actually, fridge has. I, I am working right now on my first maker project. Yeah. Um, it is an owl and the owl is based on a Raspberry Pi and you can load um, Alexa onto it. Yeah. So I'm actually going to be building a animatronic owl. Uh, with the, a little servo hat that I bought from Adafruit, and I'll be putting the Raspberry Pis. Um, uh, it's Alexa. It's actually called Alexa Pi is the build type, and you can go and get that from GitHub and put it on there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm going to be trying to integrate both the animatronics and also the, uh, uh, the, the Alexa stuff together into one little owl that is going to be open source. So I'm going to basically be making that. And I actually, I, I was going to try to bring it to a Maker Faire this year, but I don't think I'm going to do it in oh, time. Yeah. But even yeah, months away, that's it's, still yeah, it's months take some away. Time, yeah. yeah, and I, I haven't even got gotten the programming figured out yet. But uh, it, it's I'm, I'm an artist. I'm a self-taught 3D artist, <laughs> and now I'm trying to teach myself programming. So it's like, <laughs> well, I love that about it because, uh, and one thing I want to learn more about you is it seems like you're always pushing yourself to try mm-hmm. new things. So we're going to talk about your Twitch channel. We're going to talk about okay, cool um, designing an Oculus Rift. I mean that the V. Yeah, 3D design is is pretty remarkable I, sounding. I, I have made an Oculus uh, a Gear VR uh, game, yeah. which unfortunately cannot recompile it. But yeah, it, it uh, the the build that I had that is still two years old will still run on my S6, and uh, so it's optimized to run on my old. Uh, uh, oh, gee, was uh, the Samsung yep. S6? Well, uh, so and I oh, love sorry. the idea that you're building an owl because that just brings me back to Clash of the Titans. So you're essentially Bebo. Yeah, that character <laughs> right there. Very yeah, nice. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Uh, pop culture wise, how do you feel about zombies? How you have your cake or eat it? Oh, too? man. OK, here's another thing. I would say I like a different type of cake and I will have it, but I would not eat the kind of cake that is currently as far as zombies are considered in popular culture. Uh, I could totally eat it, too. Okay, so Walking Dead, Walking that Dead, sort of thing. Not that kind of zombie. But okay, Don't so like what is your what is your preferred zombie? Uh, I actually, What's your flavor of zombie? My my favorite kind of zombie is a voodoo curse zombie. Okay, 
And so it's sort of uh, very mysterious as to how you got to be a zombie. A and little bit golem-like, uh, a little bit... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like a gaunt kind of uh, uh, a ghoul, essentially. Like and it, being controlled. Yes, being controlled by some nefarious uh, person behind the scenes. So I, actually, I, I did a webcomic in 1997, 98, with one of my first business partners, who yeah. I will not be named, <laughs> and um, but he's now a zombie. Yes, he is now a zombie. <laughs> he should be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, so that that was uh, I had. It was actually a Cajun restaurant uh, in New Orleans that was burned to the ground, almost burned to the ground. Everything was blackened, including the restaurant, and that was the joke. Uh, but they both got turned into zombies, and they so they ran. They reopened the restaurant as as a, zombies. Well, zombies on the top floor and humans on the bottom floor. <laughs> And there was two different menus, and they had live meat coming into the back for the zombies upstairs. It was it was a it was a crazy comic. Nice, nice. I like it. Uh, where are you on jerky? So speaking jerky. of zombies, jerky. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I will have my cake. Have your jerky cake. Yeah, yeah. Is there any particular? So I just discovered recently. So there's the different flavors like teriyaki, the oh, yeah. regular. Yeah. But then the different meats that are out there as well. So like deer and. I don't know, ostrich? Is I've that had a ostrich. ostrich jerky? I had ostrich jerky. Nice. It was actually pretty good. Um, it, it was a little bit like turkey jerky. Yeah. And I kind of stayed away from meat for a while. Uh, for Not meat, like uh, beef, basically. I stayed away from beef during the uh, prion scare of the late 90s. Great. I have no <laughs> idea what that was. So okay. I'm feeling bad about my beef it's consumption feel, feel in the late fine. 90s. Everything's fine here. We're all fine. <laughs> How are you? Keep moving. Yes. Keep, don't, keep don't, moving along. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I, I like uh, beef jerky, but I, I would say turkey jerky is probably my go-to for jerky. All right. Very nice. How do you feel about the beach? So you grew up in Florida? <laughs> yeah. As I shrink away from that right. question. Yeah. No, same here. So uh, I think it was uh, Deerfield you grew yeah, up in, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, Lighthouse Point, which is a more ritzy side of that area. Oh, yeah. Rough, yeah. Rough, rough. <laughs> yeah it was, well, I, my dad ran a boat business and I actually helped out a lot of that a yeah. lot of my life. Uh, but I, I basically stayed away like it was death. Except for when my grandparents would bring me there and I would just sort of stay off and make sandcastles and it's sort of go like I was actually not a very strong swimmer. So uh, okay. I would say so totally it could be a little bit frightening. Eh, and that shark attack that happened when I was a kid was yep. probably like it wasn't an attack. It was just like three nerve sharks that were literally surrounding me and my cousin. Oh, okay. And my grandfather runs after. He's like, there's a shark and he's literally running at us and he doesn't swim very well or he didn't swim very well. Either. And I was just like, oh, sharks. So you're also scared of grandfathers then? Yes, yes. Grandfathers running at you running at, at full you. speed. Oh, my gosh. Not being able to swim. And Horrifying. You're barely able to swim yourself. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was very scary. Well, that's good. So <laughs> eat it too on that. A lot of people are, I like the idea of the beach. but I love the idea of the beach. Okay. <laughs> but, but the actual execution of the beach, it, it, it was like. Uh, you would redesign the beach. Uh, yeah, I would make it more accessible to people, uh, especially at night. Mm -hmm. Um, I would, I, I, I should, I would like it to be more of a wild west situation, but it was a very highly regulated thing down in South Florida sure. because of, I think certain people in the condos that were on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like get those ruffians out of here. And like, basically it was get really, off of my lawn. It, it was very hard to, as a kid growing up in South Florida, there was nothing to do. Yeah. It, it sucked. <laughs> and so I stayed inside and drew a lot. So maybe that helped form me, but yeah, I stayed there away from. 
Outside. You did not like the sun. The and, sun and my drove skin, you inside. My skin is appreciative of that yeah. because it didn't yeah. get ripped off. Yeah, mine is now turning into moles. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so that's good. I'll just keep uh, that on. Speaking of drawing, where do you stand on, so states are starting and, and different uh, municipalities are starting to require this again, cursive, learning cursive as a kid. Did you learn cursive? Oh, yeah. And do you think it should be required? Have your cake or eat it too? Um. Yeah, that's a good question. I had horrible handwriting as Same a kid. Here. Yep. And still um, do. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, it could be I would think it'd be better to be an elective. I would much rather have learned code <laughs> than, than learn cursive as a style. I mean, it yes, you don't pick up the pen, but I mean, I don't really see typing is a lot faster. Right. I would much rather teach them typing than I like how we're doing the yeah. sound effects. Yeah, exactly. We're not even I, on the, the microphone's not picking yeah, that up probably. Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> we're 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 burgeoning foley artists here yeah, yeah, at, yeah. Uh, to a certain degree. That's <laughs> click, very click, good. Click. So no cursive. Well, it's interesting because I would think that somebody who liked to draw would rather learn how to write that way than different parts of your brain. Longhand. I really? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I consider that a more of a, um, it's a verbal center mm -hmm. of your brain. And so I put that into the, into the other category of your brain. Not you know, like, it's not art to me. It's a, it's, it's, it's a rote memorization kind of thing. Okay. I could see that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, Amazon go. How do you feel about Amazon. that? That's their new store concept. They've opened one okay. so far, but the idea is it's a bit of a convenience store. There are people who work there, but there's no cashiers. You walk in, oh, yeah. you have to have the app open, you take what you want and you walk out. I, I could see our whole society turning into that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, beyond just having it delivered to your door, yeah, it's... if you forget something, you just want to walk down to the corner 7-Eleven, mm -hmm. you just open up your app. Yeah. Grab it and walk and, back. And that's how we get Star Trek. That's exactly, yeah. <laughs> Eventually there is no money because there's no money because you never see it. it right. It's it says but there ephemeral is money. thing. Maybe. <laughs> there just isn't. <laughs> yeah. We're so you're point. for that? Uh yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm all for interesting technologies like that. All right. Very good. How about uh cinematic universes? Oh man. I am totally. And you can go in a particular direction if there's one you like more than the other, if there's one you hate, but in general, cinematic I'm gonna, universes. I'm going to pull this cake off the table and throw it on the ground. You're going to eat it? <laughs> I'm going to eat this cake. Too. Nice. Um, and it's mostly because of uh, the rampant uh, amount of, uh, I, I would basically say that we, we, have to, we have a problem in capitalism right now, and this is a great point to veer off into this direction. Sure. I think we have too many monopolies and the monopolies are so big and just everywhere mm -hmm. that a cinematic universe works really well for a monopoly because a monopoly, you basically control the entire marketplace right. as a, cin a cinematic universe is controlling the entire marketplace of ideas that are possible. And from a corporate structure, it's, it works out really good for the bottom line. But for original story uh, telling and right, original right, characters right. that yeah. show up, um, you have to tell fifteen different story character concepts in one you know movie over a two hour period. And I think I would much rather see one character go through some trials and tribulations and right. come out on the other end. Maybe even bad. I don't know. But I, it, it to me, um, the servicing of the big large thing that's moving. 
um, is it, it's a, 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 it's a very ephemeral, meaningless thing that's not going to it, like you. You look at this stuff twenty years from now, and and you'll be like, well, that was kind of interesting, although the effects kind of suck. And that's all well, you're going to say. Twenty years about from it. now, you're always going to say that. But, yeah. but you won't say that like twenty years ago or thirty years ago when Blade Runner came out, right? You know, I mean, no, that, good point. Because it, it, it had mean, that story. It, was it had, original. It had some story. Yeah. That, you know, the original book was great, and it, it, it some of the heart of the book got put in the story. And and yes, there are some problems. Like some of the acting is a little weird, and you can see some of the, like the love scene. The love scene. Uh, it, I'm making your quotes. Yeah. Yep. Thank radio. you for putting that out there. <laughs> uh, the love scene was horrible and, and like really cringeworthy. But the rest of the movie is so beautifully put together. And and the feeling the the, the last the death scene uh, of uh, Roy Beatty. What? Oh, what? So, oh, sorry, spoilers. I seen it yet. Oh, oh my! <laughs> no, I'm just if you haven't seen it yet, I, I'm really sorry for you. <laughs> but well, let yeah. me ask you this. So, okay, so Blade Runner is a good example of an IP, not really an IP because yeah. it's based on a book, but yeah, yeah. Um, that they tried to rehash. So, right, right. 2049. Or whatever it was called. And I think they did an okay job. They did. Okay. Yeah. So I haven't seen the sequel yet. Okay. But I won't I give was, you any spoilers. Well, I was curious about it because are they, did you feel like they were trying to make it into its own cinematic universe? Because obviously it, that's the catchphrase, yeah, right? Yeah, you're right. Like, you know, actually I never even thought of that until you just said that because it did have that, oh man, this could actually turn into a bigger thing. There's storytelling yeah. all over the place. But uh, the funny thing about that though is the, the, the uh, what was the director's name? Or... Uh, or the original. The directors. original was um, oh, Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Okay, so Ridley Scott is kind of funny because uh, that we're talking about cinematic universes. There was a, a lot of talk of like, oh well, Alien takes place in the same universe as uh, Blade Runner. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, like uh, so you uh, see Wayland, Wayland, or Wayland yeah. yeah, yeah, and so Wayland. Uh, so yeah, I, I, so that's interesting because that was sort of like a one director having a cinematic universe, right? Versus a organization that is you know shareholders has and, all these yeah, yeah 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 a lot of pieces that they have to keep spinning. And uh, to me, I, I'm more up. I, I like an individual story. I don't like um, a committee written story. And and that's the one thing that I, that that is the the pin that you know, I want to stick in that because that that is committee written stuff just doesn't work for me it, like the comedy oh yeah we have the comedy writers and we got the love writers and, and you know, like yeah, they're yeah, literally yeah. just putting these disparate people into a group and expecting it to feel like one character well and even when you have the opportunity to go in that direction you're still serving the bigger storyline so stuff still has to happen within yeah, it yeah. where this character okay you can do whatever you want with but remember there has to be this MacGuffin mm -hmm. and there has to be this other thing in it and there has to be this. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it is it is a bit tough. Yeah. So I could see that. I never thought of it as a monopoly, but you know, with Disney, not to say <laughs> anything bad about Disney, but now that they bought Lucas, uh, now that they bought uh, Marvel, now yeah. they're potentially buying Fox, mm -hmm. um, they're going to own all the cinematic <laughs> right, universes. Right, right, right. And so that's I, all we're getting is just. I actually all of saw that. that happening on the video game uh, front to take oh, us sure. to the video game world. Um, yeah. I, I was working on uh, a Disney uh, product, and we were also working uh, coincidentally on a Marvel product. And it was weird because I, I think it was, I'm not sure if I was working on that at the same time. Probably not, but we, we had multiple different um, publishers mm -hmm. uh, with, with Endspace when I was with them. Um, and, and I remember they, they, we had a game that was beautiful. I, I some of the best effects I had made for a while. 
um, in that game, and they shelved it. Like Disney pulled it off the shelf, or not? It never even made it to the shelves. But it was two weeks away from final completion. From, oh wow! And that that Friday, they told us, "Hey, uh, sorry, but you know we're we're going in a different direction." <laughs> and with the uh, with the story or with, with the, the game. characters? No, they, they they just didn't want to make the game. They, they didn't want to spend oh. the advertising money because it basically half of the price of making a game is the advertising. Is to make sure that people know that it's out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you could spend two million on a game, and you have to spend two million on advertising. Well, but that was at the time, right? Like, and we'll get into the video game industry, mm -hmm. but. Now it's a little bit different with the indie game, sort of. No. 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 Still that way. Same thing. Dang it. I was <laughs> it's going to cost a lot of money to, if you it, if you think you're an indie guy or girl trying to make a game, good luck. You have a thousand of them every day. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Well, we just, uh, I mean, most of them are just quick turnarounds. For everyone assets, is but. just crestfallen. Yes. Yeah, and uh, so let's go to something else. How about sandwiches? Have your cake sandwiches. or eat it too. Oh, man. Uh, I, I switched to salads a while ago, so I guess I'd have to say uh, eat it too. All right. So what's your favorite salad? Um, usually I just make something with like broccoli and uh, leafy stuff. Um, I so whatever you got. Yeah, beets, okay. whatever. It, yeah. Actually, prosciutto. I, I do prosciutto and, uh, uh, and provolone. All right. Now I'm starving. <laughs> yeah, me too. Tiny houses. Uh, tiny houses. I would uh, have and, my cake or. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, have your have cake. It's the good have one. My cake, yeah. yeah. So would you move into one? Do you think you could handle that? Uh, yeah, especially with VR. I could totally live in a <laughs> tiny house. <laughs> I, I never it's a really even big thought house. of that. You yeah. know, if you're going to, this is why I talk to people and this is why I ask the questions. Oh, yeah. No, that's a great because question. Because I would have not thought of that. Oh, is yeah. that you're going to be in the house. Right. But you could put on your headset. And you have an amazing large house. You can have whatever you want. Right. And with the, you can with, be wherever you with want. With a proper rig, you've got whatever you need. I mean, I don't want to be living in a trailer in stacks, but yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, we don't want any Ready Player One stuff going no, on. No, no. What, I, what I like about that, though, is, you know, this idea of minimalism, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you get rid of the stuff you don't need. Right. Um, especially with a virtual world. Like, one of my questions typically is reading on a tablet. But I've yet to meet somebody who really actually enjoys that. Because uh, the idea is that you don't need these stack. Like one yeah, of the things that prevent me from, yeah, going small is like, oh man, what am I going to do with all these graphic novels? What am I going to do with all these books <laughs> that I've just been carting around with me forever? Uh, you know, I I take a very morbid look towards this whole thing. It's like, and having had to do at least one time in my life so far, seeing like all this the refuse, not the refuse, but all the bits and pieces <laughs> of someone's life. And pick, uh, picking that up, it's it, you're gonna go one day. So I, I just basically you're you're better off getting rid of a lot of the stuff you don't need, and why carry that around? It's, it's yeah, a that's burden, a good point. You know, uh, but All yeah, right. I I actually would like to have everything digitized, and um, it, it makes it really weird. Actually, I, I want to get into that. Okay, we'll um, talk about that a little bit more. We got a couple more questions because I still need to get to know you <laughs> a little bit better. And something I ask everybody: driverless cars. Where do you stand on that? Um, hopefully not run over. Well, yes. <laughs> hopefully not standing right in front of them. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm for that. I think that sounds like a great idea. Um, I'm just worried about, um, things like weather and other unforeseen, un, unpredicted, uh, problems, especially if it's network related and or right. terrorist attack related. We can't, we can't know everything there is to know. Yeah. When I saw some of these car getting shut down and turned like, or, or sped up on the highway oh, yeah. because they were hacking it. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, that seems very dangerous to give. I mean, 
it's essentially a Wild West moment where you could at any point turn an entire city into a moving bomb. Right. I'm sure that's been a plot point got a bunch of a movie. Yeah. Well, or it could be. Yeah. There's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that, um, you know, what will be interesting is that the security uh, or the attempt at the security for that system will be much greater than, say, the election system. <laughs> Which is pretty interesting. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, yeah. And, well, I think, <laughs> unfortunately, see, I think things will be done about the cars, but nothing will be done about the elections. No, that's what I mean. People yeah. start actually yeah. like going, hey, wait a minute. I didn't vote at all like that. Uh, so let's <laughs> end it on a positive note. I okay. want to go back to sandwiches for a second. Okay, sandwiches. Uh, Beefy King. <sighs> okay. Is that turning. is amazing 50, 50 50 years old yeah i just saw that um so they will be starting their celebration uh for their 50th anniversary next weekend i think on june 2nd oh man and then every tuesday they're like having throwback specials yeah. and all this other get there stuff. early because that stuff goes out on a normal day it's, yeah they can run out like at three or two o'clock uh, afternoon. so good so beefy king have your cake or eat it too have the cake and, and let's just say we're going to eat those sandwiches. Oh, yes. Eat for those sure. sandwiches for sure. Uh, love that place. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I will be um, – actually, I'm working on some 3D prints for them. Oh, nice. Because I'm just that. like, oh, yeah. they're not paying me. I'm just doing no, it like, because like, I love them. I actually was thinking about going to local, like, uh, businesses, especially, like, mom and pop, like, small ones. Yeah. And just saying, hey, uh, you want your mascot or icon, like, modeled in 3D? I yeah, will yeah. totally do that for you. Like, yeah. As just a, you know – For fun. Yeah, for funsies. Yeah. All right. Well, don't do that because I'm doing that. Oh, I know. Now we're in competition directly. <laughs> yes. This and is perfect. for free. <laughs> this is free competition. Uh -huh. It's the best kind. Yes. All right, Jim, thank you so much. I feel like You're I welcome. know you so much better now. Oh, awesome. Let's play a song and uh, then we'll be back and we'll talk a little bit more about all of these things. I don't think two hours is going to be enough, nah. but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> cool. cool. Uh, so let's listen to some beta band here with squares because I think that... Uh, from right. a nerd perspective, I think that works out really well. On WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, you're listening to a certain degree. This episode is brought to you by Weight Boss. At Weight Boss, we believe the fastest way to a new you is with a really stressful work environment. We match you with your least ideal supervisor, leading to a level of dissatisfaction almost certainly guaranteed to help you stop eating. Um, unless you stress eat, and we have no solution for that. Apply for your ideal weight boss at to a certain degree.com. The beta band on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. That was Squares. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree, and I am here with my very special guest. He didn't escape during the break. <laughs> Jim in yellow. Uh, Jim, one thing I want to ask you. So we touched on a few things already, but one thing I want to ask you when somebody asks you what you do. Uh, what do you say? Cause you've got, you know, you, you've got Unicron studios, which you founded. You're the owner. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're the main designer there. You're the additive manufacturing designer over at the Institute for simulation and training and the 3d printing lab at UCF. Mm -hmm. You've been a 3d artist, a special effects artist. Uh, and this is my favorite term to use for you because I really, I, I can hear it in your voice when you're talking about, uh, stuff like cinematic universes, but, uh, a world builder and a character modeler. Yes. So when somebody asks you what you do, that's a lot to kind of throw at them. What do you What do you typically say? Uh, actually, I, my my short and skinny is I'm a 3D artist. Yeah. 
Um, and that can basically sort of fill in all of those things because I, I, I started off um, when I was probably about seven or eight. Um, Tron had just come out and I, I saw it in the theater with my mom and I, I looked at her and I was like, I want to do that. I want to make that happen. <laughs> I don't know how to do it or like what I need to do it, but I need, I want to do that. And That's it. Yeah. That's it that me. was it. That, I want to be a 3d artist. Yeah. And then somewhere along the way I went off the, like that track was not going to happen. And I was a business major. I was like Michael well, J. Fox in it. You know, there wasn't, there ties. wasn't exactly that route, right? Like you no. didn't know what a 3d artist was. There was no route. Yet. There was no route there. Yeah. But do, you didn't graduate with a business degree, did you? I have a business minor according to the school, but they didn't offer the degree at the time. Okay. So I have like, I'm 15 credit hours from having a business degree. <laughs> <laughs> so what it, what was your major in then? Um, it was in studio art yeah. and it was at the, uh, um, oh geez, at Florida State. And I did, I accelerated like trying to get out of there as soon as I could. But I, I, I was into fine art, but not, I didn't want to go with the BFA route and I wasn't wanted right. to make stuff and they weren't teaching you how to make stuff. They were teaching you how to get involved in the, the a different world <laughs> that right, wasn't right. related to doing art the way I wanted to do it. But it helped you. It helped some. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, no, obviously no. It, it helped you it in built, terms of. It definitely built me. Yeah. In yeah. terms of also establishing a career and having that credibility. Now, yeah. an art degree, you're not going to necessarily go out and get just about any job, but it helped you establish well, yourself. Be, being self-taught. Uh, like mm -hmm. I, I mean, I created the uh, animation class that was at Florida State because I petitioned the school. I went out and got like 35 signatures and there was only like 25 max in the lab. But I petitioned the school because I wanted uh, uh, Pixar had just come out with Toy Story, and I was just oh, so I was like, like this I wanted to, to we have to get I have to get educated in this, or otherwise I will have nothing on my resume that says, oh yeah, he's an animator. Gotcha. Because there people were making like seventy k right out of college, like they weren't even finishing. They were just like they, they had like a lawyer that was handling all the deals that were being thrown <laughs> at them. So I was just like, oh man, I gotta get in that. Yeah. Well, I think something that's interesting to me is that idea of lifelong learning is you just get, you know, you have to have something on. You have to have something creative going on. Yeah. And sure. one thing that uh, you wrote when you were talking about your college experience is that, you know, you wish you had gone and done instead of a business uh, minor, I think a computer science minor. Yeah. How much that would serve you at this oh, time. Man. So it would be so helpful. <laughs> right. But at the same time. You're teaching yourself how to do it. Right. There's enough resources out there oh, that you can man. go out and do it. Now there's a lot more resources. Right. So yeah, right. There's like no it's reason insane. Not to. And you know, yeah, you could go back to school. There's uh, boot camps here. Yeah, or yeah. There's free classes there, but online. Really, it's school. it's all out there. Yeah. Uh, to do that sort of thing. So, how important is it to you to continue? Like, I I want to do this, mm -hmm. and to do that, I have to take these steps. That and, I think is probably the the primary uh, thing that I've I've got going on in my life that I, a lot of people are very they don't know where they're going because they are they don't have a plan mm -hmm. and it, it just makes me crazy when I see uh, okay I'm dating again and I see dating profiles where people are like yes I I want to travel 
And that's it. They don't talk about like what plans they have for the future. And like, like, do you want to like start your own business? Like, do you like making cupcakes? Like something, just tell me something like, no, I want to travel. I'm like, what? what?" I like long walks on a beach. Yeah. 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 yeah, Like if I spend like 10 minutes filling out a profile, I think I could do a little bit more in depth (laughs) than that. And I'm, I don't know. I'm very, I'm very disappointed. Very disappointed in you. Come on people. Get on it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. The app should require it. The app should really be like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to leave this? Okay. I don't want to get into bad business ideas right now, but let me write that down. That's a great idea. Yeah. Like you have to do a mathematical equation to make sure that you're not, you know, texting your ex in the middle of the night. Well, there's that. But it could be like that. It could be working like, you know, to make sure that you don't do a really dumb. With life goals. Yeah. Life goals. Something. Dating app with life goals required. (laughs) That will actually help you through that. Right. Really, if you don't know what your life goals are, finding somebody else is going to be that be, much more yeah, difficult. Very difficult yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. I like that. Yeah. It actually works out like a, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> it, the way I will uh, eventually spin it, it'll be a terrible idea. Okay. <laughs> uh, coming out of high school, did you think I have to go directly to college? Yes. Okay. Um, I was I was on that track of uh, got to get the SAT and all that stuff. Um, it, the testing was not as horrible as it currently is, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely knew I needed to get it to. Well, I I had, was on a Florida prepaid, so it was yep. already faded that I have uh, to select. You're pretty for something. much going. Yeah. Uh, but I was very confused as to what I wanted to do. I, I was an accounting major uh, for my first two years. That in, sounds in like a really good fit for you. Oh, from yeah. knowing what I know about you. Yeah, my mom found me when I was. Uh, on vacation I was she found me like asleep in my accounting book with like drool on the page because <laughs> that's basically my normal like default for accounting <laughs> uh, so eventually you got to 3d modeling mm-hmm. uh, and I want to dig into that but I want to skip ahead a little bit because what that allowed you to do was in a way prepare for the I'm going to call it the 3d printing movement but there's yes. a lot of different names so mm-hmm additive manufacturing, but right. what what ended up happening is all these patents that were around uh, went away. Yep. Uh, they came due and then the hobbyists got into it. Mm-hmm. And right now there are probably 8,000 types of 3D printers that you can get out there. Yeah. And there's a lot of different kinds and I don't want to bog uh, us down with too right. many details, yeah, but the idea detail is that you put plastic or some other substance mm-hmm. in and you put in a design and something comes out. Right. And it's amazing. Yeah. No, no. It, it, I Well, actually, in Tron, uh, they, they zap an orange uh, with a laser and then they recompile that uh, out of cubes, the little tiny voxels. That's true. In, yeah. in this 1980s movie, you know, it was all hand done, you know, hand drawn sure, at sure. the time. But um, yeah, that, that blew my mind. I was like, yes, you could put it in the computer. You could right. take it out of the computer. And, and remarkably enough, this was started in the 80s. Yes. So a version of this was started in so the 80s. Actually, I just met with um, Scott Crump of uh, Stratasys about two weeks ago, and he invented FDM uh, 3D printing. He and his wife, actually, uh, his wife, Lisa, and he actually started Stratasys in 1986, I wow. think. And FDM is? Uh, fused deposition modeling. Um, it's, it's basically you put the filament in and it melts it and you get a 3D print out of it. Right. And then uh, just because I was learning about this a little bit over the weekend, I'm doing some 3D printing, but much at a much uh, more beginner level mm-hmm. than what you do uh, is voxel is essentially the 3D version of a pixel. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's new. That's that's not been there is nobody out there teaching uh, design for voxel printing. Right. It's so, a new thing. Um, 
and I don't know how much you want to share about something like that. I'm insanely curious about it because I do the 3D printing stuff. I'll and try to make it as interesting as I can. I love, well, but the <laughs> idea is that you can, uh, if you can, like for a pixel, I think we all kind of understand DP, uh, DPI, yeah, DPI and stuff like that. Right. Because we've had to go through that at some point. Somebody's needed a vector-based image. And yeah. You're like, what? No. What? Is that what? EPS? Why did they give Is it to us as a bitmap? No. Yeah. <laughs> Here, it's in a Word document. Is yeah. that okay? Oh, so God, yeah. because of the last 20 years, we mm -hmm. all understand a little bit more about that. Yep. But that's essentially what we're now learning. It's basically, it's like a stack of images. So, you, right. so the best way to describe it, and actually there's a, a Shapeways is a company that does 3D uh, printing for you. So you upload your model to them and they can print it out for you as a service bureau. Right. And then they'll and they send can it print out. it out in pretty much any oh, sort of lot of different materials, and materials yeah. yeah and uh, so basically what they're doing is taking their entire database which was all these um, polygons and they're converting it into voxels because it actually saves space and so what a voxel basically uh, the, the voxel format that they've developed is a series of pngs which are just textures right and there's a header file at the top that says these colors mean this material that's it Oh, uh, okay. So polygons would have been what you design in as a 3D modeler. Mostly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that'll give it, eventually you have to add well, enough there's, polygons. There's like a looks, shell. Everything, right. like it, it, basically all video games, you have like a, a polygon with a texture on right. it, as my old boss Bob would say. <laughs> it's just a polygon with textures on it. I'm like, come on, but, but it's more complicated. As, yeah, I remember as the video game systems came out, there was all this talk about how many polygons it could yeah, handle and all yeah. that, because that would in inevitably talk about the... Resolution. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that's that was how it translated to 3D modeling. That was how it translated to 3D printing. Yep. But now they're like, well, maybe that's not as efficient as it could be for yeah. 3D printing. Well, it's not just efficiency. There's actually a lot more complexity that you can you can put into a 3D print that's a voxel-based print. Um, so basically, uh, to, to you got you to rip it down to like the basics. So like regular 3D printing, you, you got to shape a model, of, of a, and it's a shell. Like right. say it's an orange. And you're drawing lines from the bottom of the orange all the way up to the top of the orange, like in little slices. Yep. And that's telling the machine toolpath to go, okay, X, Y, X, Y, move around, move around, and then move in move Z, up. move up yeah. in Z and just keep doing one that. One step, step up, step, go step. around, one step up, It's go really simple. It's actually very similar to old uh, pottery, um, the old coil snake pottery oh, sure. that they make you yeah, learn yeah, in yeah. school. Yeah, it's very similar to that. And actually, I think that's why uh, Scott and Lisa Crump uh, created 3D printing. They were making a toy for their kid. And that's they took, how it came about. They, yeah, they, they they had a frying pan and and a hot glue gun, and I think he might have put some stepper motors that controlled it, <laughs> and that was the first three D printer, and he made it uh, for as like a toy. But it was basically from um, the old uh, routing machines. Where oh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the CAD CNC's, routing machine, the yeah. CNC. So, yeah, all he did was just basically put a little step up in the so Z. So instead of cutting it out of wood, it was it's, going up. Yeah, and it was just going up and spewing exuding, out like, yeah. stuff. So, yeah, uh, so voxel printing is the next step after that. And and that's why I'm, I'm really excited about it because basically you can put, you, you can put so much detail and things together on a molecular level. Okay, so we we're talking like chemically right now. We can add things to each other, and we can make, we can pour it, we can roll it out and mm -hmm. stamp it. Uh, that that type of manufacturing has been going on for hundred, you know, like hundred years. And this new type of manufacturing is going to totally be different. Instead of every every car being exactly the same, uh, you'll be able to customize it and put a lot less um, material in it. 
but get a lot more strength uh, for the amount of material that you're using. Because uh, you can put internal structures like fractals and that kind of thing inside the object to give it. So it's like, it's basically like, oh, I got a concrete bridge, maybe some reinforcing bars in it, or I've got a steel bridge that's got all these like rebar and, and uh, not rebar, but like big tensioning right, right. types thing. Yeah. So you could put all that tensioning type stuff, like tensegrity as Buckminster Fuller called it. And, and you could put that inside your object and build it in there. And that's just the beginning of just the structures of, of the things you could put complicated, um, say biomimetic. Okay. I'm, now I'm, I'm going crazy here, okay. but biomimetic stuff like muscles and, and things inside your object. So we're talking Westworld essentially. Awesome. And that's well, how, and we will be and talking we will get, Westworld. We will get that with voxel printing next hour as well. Um, can can I take this and try to make it understandable for me specifically? So, let's say in simple three D printing with infill, for example. Yeah. So you can print something out, and you can print it out solid, mm -hmm. and the infill is one hundred percent. Right. Uh, you could make the infill zero, and it's a it's a hollow structure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then there are a number of different things you can do on the inside of it. Pretty simple. Mm -hmm. uh, you could do a uh, cross section. You could do axes. Yeah. You could do honeycombs. Yeah, those look cool. And the idea is that it'll give it each way will give it a little bit of a different structure, but also a little bit of different cost and time frame. Mm -hmm. Like a solid piece is going to take the longest. It's going to cost the most. Right. So is that, just as a simple analogy, is that, that a little bit like what you're talking that's about? That's sort of like training wheels for what I'm talking about. Perfect. That's much. exactly what I need. Yeah, yeah. Not a smart man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're pretty good. That was really good because I wanted to know a little bit more about that and we, and we dug into it. So we still have a lot to get to know about you. Right. Um, one thing that I wanted to talk about is you mentioned, you mentioned Shapeways, which I think is oh, yeah. uh, the place where you go, where you're manufacturing some of your things that you have for sale. It's easier for me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's, it's really interesting because I think that uh, again, as a, you know, we call it in, in, we call it a side hustle mm -hmm. in many cases. And I, I don't really, I've started to not like that name all that much yeah. because it takes away this idea of it's, a creative outlet. Yeah. So this thing that you're doing through Unicron Studios, and that's, uh, I think, unicron.com. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is sort of your side business. Yeah. Uh, you do consulting, you do a number of other different things. But one thing I found fascinating is it's sort of this umbrella for any sort of creative project that you want to do. Pretty much, yeah. So that's you're doing, yeah. So we'll talk a little bit more about Twitch and the VR modeling that you're doing. Awesome. But the the, the products that you have there are really cool. So you, you. you were like, I, I want to go down this path. I want to make this object because I love this television show. I want to make this right. object because this movie is great. Right. I want to make this object because I think it would look cool. And you were able to do that. And if people want to share that, they yeah. can, or yeah. if they want to, they want to purchase that. Right, right. So it's not something you're relying, it's not like you're going out there and pushing that yeah. and it's like your, your main It's not my main side thing. business, but I, I you enjoy sharing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, it, as an artist, if I can't put it out there for other, if I were on an island by myself and was making art. I'm like, well, who's going to look at it? Right. <laughs> so I, I definitely want people to see my work, but at the same time, it goes back to the advertising thing I was talking about with video games. If yeah. you don't spend the money on the advertising, nobody comes. No one's going to see it. <laughs> yeah, because everyone's, see it. <laughs> everyone's making stuff out there. Yeah. So if you go in, it, it's a, but I, I feel like, and, and this is what I wanted to ask you, 
it's not something where you're expecting that kind of return. Not yet. You're just, okay, <laughs> not, so that's something you're thinking yet. about yes, down the road? It, it, down the road. Um, I, I actually have plans with that LX, the project that I was talking about. The, yeah. Oh, I didn't even call it. I, I, so I'm going to call this Al, which is Alexa. Yep. And Alexa. Which actually sounds exactly like it's, it, yeah, it sounds exactly like Alexa, so it'll Perfect. respond to it. And so that that I that project is I I want that to segue to um, working with Adafruit or some manufacturer of of uh, maker parts. And so I want to be their principal artist and you know creator of kits and projects that people can basically. It's, it'll be open source so you can create your own thing. Right. But I want to make robots and uh, I want to create a robot production company so i need to start building into that direction and uh i have a whole like chuck e cheese style like <laughs> uh you know a, a circular uh, uh what is it uh, every basically where one part of the business feeds into another part it, right, of the business. Right. i don't know if you know this but uh, atari was founded by nolan bushnell yep he also created uh, chuck, chuck e cheese, cheese. Yep. and they work really well together because one you create the arcade uh, modules then you're like, all right, we're going to introduce these kids to arcade games because they were mostly in bars. And then he's like, all right, well, what, what, how, okay, so we get a kid like a roll of quarters to go play all these arcade games. What takes about that long of time, like maybe 20 minutes uh, to make food? Like what's, what kind of food? And he's like, uh, pizza. Kids pizza like pizza. And kids like pizza. So like, all right, we'll sell, serve them pizza, give them a roll of quarters. They'll get introduced to all our video games. And then we'll sell them the home game on the, like the 2600. <laughs> So it was like a whole like virtuous cycle. That's what it was. That was the word I was looking for. So I, I like that idea too, because, you know, what you're trying to do is teach people a little bit. It's not just giving them the product, no, right? It's I, giving them the kit. I want them to be makers. Yeah. I want to create a nation, a world of makers that are making things and doing stuff together. And I, I, one of the things as a kid that I really, I, I, I would cry and I would not be very happy. I was very melancholy for a lot of my youth. <laughs> as my kids, my, my kids, my, my parents used to call me uh, the count. <laughs> count? Yeah. Cause I was sort of like vampiric, I guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I just would wake up late and you know, sleep in. But All right. Well, that's good. I, yeah. I didn't want you to be the count of Monte Cristo no. always seeking oh, revenge. No, no. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not that kind of guy. Great, great, but, great. Anyway, I, I was trying to get somewhere with that, but the, the idea was um, that I want to go to a place where as a kid, I want to go to a place that I could hang out and be happy with who I was making something. And I loved robots. So I was like, I want to make a place like this one day. Oh, and when I was probably 10, there was a robot store in Boca Raton that my parents brought me to. And they had literally only robots Yes, is this existed did, okay. in the 80s. It was amazing. <laughs> but was it like the Rocky 3 or Rocky 4 level? No, they were humongous? actually they were much better uh, than the, that. That robot <laughs> kind of sucked. Uh, no, they were they had Omnibot 2000, which oh, I actually yes, wound up yes, getting yes, one of those. Yes. And uh, they had, uh, uh, oh, geez, there was a robot that had a bunch of octagons, and it was Nolan Bushnell's uh, robot project that, that failed horribly. <laughs> he nice. threw millions of dollars into it and right. went nowhere. No uh, one. And, and, no uh, one's a big listener, so oh, we're not, oh, we're not dissing uh, Nolan no, no, I, by I any totally, means. Hey, Nolan, if you're out there, I would totally like to work on a robot project with you, and I'm sure we Perfect. can make it happen this time. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the, the, the and uh, actually one of the other cool things of my youth was Mr. Wizard had a, a Hero One robot, which was uh, a Heathkit robot, which Heathkit was a really big thing when I was growing up. And I really wish I had gotten into that. But that that's like your first maker movement that I knew of. 
I don't know if you're familiar with the Heathkit radios. I, oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. so they actually had a robot that they made in the 80s. Oh, I didn't know that. And that was at the robot store. <laughs> nice. All right, well, let's uh, take a break. We're going to talk about bad business ideas after uh, the break. Awesome. We've got some, uh, we've got a quiz. Thank you very much for that. And uh, yeah, actually the quiz is very special today. So we'll touch cool. on some of these topics Sweet. as well. So Jim, Inziel, you're going to stay? Yeah. Good. Awesome. Because I still have another hour of the show. All right. So I really appreciate let's you staying. Let's do it. Uh, let's listen to some David Byrne. Cool. You and I on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. This episode is brought to you by a certified bad business idea called Presume. Presume takes your resume and turns it into a series of glossy photos with you at the center of the action. It's like glamour shots, but more career focused. The same number of feathered boas, though. Presume. Ooh la la. Schedule your shoot today at toacertaindegree.com. And we're back. Good morning. You're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. Every week, I have a very special guest. This week, zero exception, zero percent exception. Jim Inziello. Jim, Hello. how are you? I, I don't know where I was going with that. I, I was know. trying to be sciencey and like <laughs> measuring things. Uh, Jim, owner designer of Unicron Studios, additive manufacturing designer over at the 3D Printing Lab at the Institute for Simulation and Training, UCF. Yeah. Uh, hobbyist maker, neat guy overall. Uh, really smart guy. Thanks. Really, really good businessman. Uh, which is going to be essential <laughs> for this next part, which is, of course, bad business ideas. Bad business ideas. It's time to pick just one. It's going to be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone. So come on, have some fun. Yes, bad business ideas. If you believe you can achieve not going to jail. Jim, before we get to your bad business ideas, I wanted to just pitch one out there, see right. if you thought it had any merit. So let me set the scene. I'm driving in my car. Okay. Now, I don't want to go into a lot of the detail, like where I'm going or what I'm doing, because I don't think that's anybody's business. Uh, certainly if I was going the speed limit and or if I was lost, which is usually the case. The important thing is I saw a license plate, not just any license plate. It was one that was really, really dinged up and... Looked like it had been run over by a train like mm. a few times. The car was nice, though. And what happened was like the sort of distressed look on the license plate made the car look cooler. <laughs> and so what I'm thinking is now, obviously, distressed things like jeans. <laughs> we can buy jeans pre-distressed. We can buy hats, I would imagine, pre-distressed. Right. There's furniture, obviously. That's you can thing. go... Oh, yeah, you go, you don't want a brand new piece of furniture. You oh, no. can buy it so it looks like it's been around the block a couple of times, if you know what I mean. Or just give it to my cast for about 10 minutes. Yeah, there's that. There's that as well. But is there, are there any companies out there that are distressing things for people? Like if I want to go in and I say, hey, you know what? This dresser looks a little too new. Can you do something with it? Uh, my my hat collection, my refrigerator, <laughs> this milk, this bottle of milk. Can I get this a little more interesting looking, yes, compelling? Yes. Like, so when I have people over and they see it, they're like, oh my gosh, that, that canister of milk. It's a one-off. <laughs> canister never, of it's, milk. it's artisanal. I'm glad I, I know exactly what milk comes in. <laughs> Obviously, I'm, I'm, a, it comes in a jug, right? It, it comes it in a jug at your some kind. doorstep every day. It's a canister. It's a keg. A keg of a milk. A keg of milk. Yes. Is that how you? I feel like I'm so connected I, I like the, to the like common the, man. I like the nitro milk myself. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's very creamy. 
So, yeah, so that's a potential bad business idea maybe for the future. Do you think there's some merit to that? Yeah, and I think I just came up with nitro milk in the, in the middle <laughs> that on, the is side, on the side. Yeah, let's do some nitro I milk. I love too. that idea. A distressed can of nitro milk. Jim, may I call you Jim? <laughs> yes. Great. Star Wars. Ah. It's a movie series. Some would call it a cinematic universe even. Yep. And there are also some novels out there. Did you ever read any of the Never novels back in the day? any of the novels. So what happened was, okay, so this is probably good that you didn't, because yeah. what happened was early <laughs> 90s, they started writing a bunch of novels. Right. And then Disney bought Lucasfilm, and they said, well, those novels don't count anymore. <laughs> but now they're writing new novels that do count. And okay. one of them is called Aftermath, colon, Life Debt. It doesn't actually say colon. There's a literal colon in there. Not a literal colon. <laughs> the aftermath of the, the colon, yes. Yes, the aftermath <laughs> life debt. Uh, what's interesting about this book to me and what really kind of got my imagination going, it's set in the book is set right after the Battle of Endor. And there's a wounded soldier and he's offered the choice between a therapy droid and a therapy, guess what? Ewok. Oh, no. Seriously? How amazing is that idea? So, uh, again, this got me thinking science fiction, once again, presenting us with so many wonderful options for the future. Wait, wait. What? The Ewoks had their own culture. They were a people. Yeah, no, they started, so they explained this a little bit in the book. They started volunteering to help injured okay. uh, so this soldiers. Was a thing. And, it was like yeah, a they're shaman not being Ewoks. enslaved. Okay, yeah, immediately. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, thinking sorry. back to the Wookiees that yes. were enslaved. Yes, a lot they of people don't know this, but the Wookiees built the Death Star, at least the first one. Correct. Yeah, and it actually, Endor was supposed to be... It was supposed to be the Wookiee The Wookiees. Yeah, God, Kat that would have been so much better. Yeah, uh, cool. <laughs> okay, now, science fiction, getting back to it, I'm going to move from the Star Wars universe to the Star Trek universe. Mm -hmm. There's another character that I'd like to repurpose that I think is much more realistic than Ewoks, since, from what I understand, they don't actually exist. <laughs> the Business Borg. So I don't know if you remember them. <laughs> Uh, specifically Locutus, right? Yes. Killing machine. Right. Part of a collective of beings who all dress the same and mm. just want everyone to think and act exactly Business the board. same. Who would help lead <laughs> corporate presentations better yeah. than Locutus? Yeah, so we like your ideas and they will be assimilated. If you, have, if you remember, for no good reason, he has a laser pointer coming out of his head. So he can like <laughs> highlight the graphs. He can be looking You're up totally at the screen. Right. Yeah, he's perfect yep. for it. We can assume that he has the capability to record meetings. Yes. Right? Uh, hopefully he can provide good minutes afterwards. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he could even just data up right, plank up with plank his plank. head. It's uh, actually, it's all happening in real time for the entire collective. Yeah. I had that weird mixer attachment on his arm. Like, that never explained that. These little <laughs> things that move around. It felt very Dalek-like. Yeah. So maybe that's for making smoothies or coffee or something yes, for, for the smoothies. meeting. Yeah. Borg's helping out on all levels of the corporate world. Now, I know what you're thinking. What if too many Borgs? What if too many Borgs? That's exactly what everybody thinks in the English that people would use in their head. Uh, we would potentially introduce the xenomorphs to help curb. Whoa, okay, now we're smashing together universes yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoa, no. Okay, a xenomorph Borg? No, 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 no. No, Just no, but that's going to happen. You know that's going to happen. Uh, if that they will assimilate. They will assimilate. Okay. So then we'll need uh, the engineers maybe to come in to yes. take care of that. Basically, we'll just keep adding to our problems. This is, yeah, I have feeling like the spider was sent in or the, you know, like the <laughs> yes. ate the fly. Okay, so that's idea number one, <laughs> business Borg. Okay. Idea number two, uh, this was something I'd like to go back to a simpler time. It was 1994, 1995. <sighs> America Online 
Oh. We thought was the internet. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> a very good 14.4 yes. uh, <laughs> modem. Uh, and one thing that I did was I, I wrote for one of the comedy channels on AOL. Oh, and wow. so I started out writing trivia. Oh, and then nice. I created a character that was named uh, Dr. Julius uh, Paget Mangelhide, Dr. Mangelhide. <laughs> and he would analyze your dreams. And so what happened is I had to learn a lot about dreams because to do good satire, you have <laughs> yeah, to actually learn something about it. Right. And I was wondering about bringing this character back. Is this the right time to bring back Dr. Mangleheide? So this is idea number two. So I had around 200 to 250 dreams being uh, submitted a week to be analyzed. Oh, wow. At the time. Yeah. So I want to read a couple to you just to see what you think about. Again, I'm trying to get this idea of... Should I bring back Dr. Mangleheide? Is it a Twitter character? Is it on Instagram? Should they submit their dreams and we could do it on the radio or should I do yeah. it online? So here are some of the dreams that were submitted uh, at the time. My friends and I are at a dance. All my guy friends are wearing really big top hats and dancing around in a mambo line. Also, one of the guys I like is dancing with them. Then they turn into colored toothpicks. <laughs> so that's a dream, right? Like, yeah. If you were to analyze that, what uh, would you think? Uh... I would I would think that you probably should go to parties more often because you seem like you're missing out on something that would exactly. be amazing. Exactly. <laughs> and the toothpicks are probably about eating whatever was on, you know, like appetizers it's or something. It's some sort of finger food, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I once had a dream about a bear and an alligator at this house. The bear had just had a baby and the alligator was running out of the house with the bear running after it screaming, this is your baby, and the alligator getting in a truck and driving off. I feel like, am I awake? Because I, I feel like I'm dreaming now. <laughs> Did you have that dream? Are no, you having that dream right no, now? I, well, I, I think I've only had about three hours of sleep, so. <laughs> <laughs> My boyfriend, now remember, this is the mid-90s. My boyfriend is on the beach wearing orange pants and a purple sweatshirt singing Toad the Wet Sprocket songs. Oh, my God. He doesn't even own anything related to the colors orange and purple. So obviously there, what I would say is your boyfriend is cheating on you. <laughs> obviously, yeah, if you're imagining these things. somebody else. Yeah. Where, yeah, where yeah. They, he doesn't own uh, anything like that. So, uh, hmm. yeah, so a lot of dreams like that. I, yeah. I feel like I could, I could do that again. I feel like the time is right <laughs> for Dr. Mangleheide to help people with their dreams. I may have to get refreshed on dream symbolism and has right. anything happened in the last 20 I, honestly, 25 years I, from as far as i know I, I think that's all made up anyway <laughs> it could be. I, mean, because, I, I was making it up at well, the yeah, time yeah but i mean i i think you're in fair you're in fair game territory because okay. I, i'm not sure if the the dream i i i was into uh psychology and and young a little bit uh, in college through a friend i, I didn't actually read it myself <laughs> Through a friend. <laughs> through a friend. Hey, yeah. I'm taking this class for a friend. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's, I'm not interested in this. I don't have any dreams. Well, I, I was literally like sorting out artwork for him to help put into uh, Myers-Briggs categories. And so I was helping him in his experiment, but I really didn't actually nice. read the material. That, uh, other stuff well, I was working on. realistically, if you're going to analyze somebody's dreams, you're going to have to know a little bit more than... About them. Yeah. yeah. Then <laughs> I was in a jungle with my dog and a large lion came out and ate my dog. Then the lion looked at me and said, will you marry me? And and then you might right? ask, does this person actually live in a jungle? And was a lion? There's like, so many yeah, more you things know. you need to know. You don't know that. Like, yeah. are you in a jungle right now? Right. And would that Do be Do you relevant? have a dog? Yeah. yeah. Do you have a boyfriend that looks like your dog? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of different things that, uh, that really tie into that. Okay. So you have a decision to make. All right. Bring back Julius Mangle. By the way. 
by being on the show, I don't know if you realize this, by being on the show, you're legally obligated to take one of these ideas. I know you have plenty of time and run with it. So you would actually manage the Dr. Manglehide channel or whatever it is. Oh man, another, or another mouth to feed. You would okay. have to figure out how to bring about business Borg. Oh, Hey, I, I was already, the corporate world. while you're talking about business Borg, I was thinking now that would be a great cosplay. I'm all for doing that. Okay. <laughs> so we'll start out. I like that. We'll start out as a cosplay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just go just to put different, it into people's minds. Like, I'm not, we're not even talking about going to like Megacon no, or no, any no. of the, yeah. we're going to go to like corporate and just walk into <laughs> meetings be like yes wait wait, wait no no we could do it at megacon but it's like there's a there's got to be a convention that's happening at the same time that's a business, oh, like a convention. business convention and then you'll just, just walk, walk from the right con in. into yeah because you have to be like a business suit perfect and they'll be like okay that guy he looks like he could be here <laughs> obviously laser we'll laser pointer yeah yeah i love it Happens okay all the time Business Borg it is. Business Jim, Borg. Uh, we're going to play a song, and we're going to be right back. It is going to be Los Amigos Invisibles. Invisibles. How do you say that? Invisible. 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 Sure. Sexy on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. This episode is brought to you by Ice Pants. Are your trousers ready for a rise in temperature? A literal rise in the temperature of the earth, not the fun kind. It will be once you get a pair of ice pants. Similar to a regular pair of slacks, ice pants are lined with a space-age polymer that stays cold all day. Throw it in the freezer each night, ready to go in the morning. They come in a variety of styles, and so long as you don't iron them, you or your town won't be exposed to deadly radiation. Also, don't get them wet or feed them after midnight. Ice pants. Climate change? More like climate chic. Order at toacertaindegree.com. Hey, that was Los Amigos Invisible. Uh, let's just say the Invisible Friends with Sexy on WPRK. Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick, and we're back with Jim Inziello. Jim, thank you so much for sticking around. Thanks for having me. It was a good round of bad business ideas. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got a pop quiz coming up, but Jim, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what you're doing right now as an additive manufacturing designer. First of all, we may need to define that for uh, the general population. Yes. But over at the Institute for Simulation and Training at UCF, part of the 3D printing lab. Now, I know you can't go into a lot of detail because right. there's a lot of stuff you're working on that's probably uh, not secretive, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, under NDA. a lot of, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically, uh, start with additive manufacturing designer. Okay. Um, so basically I am their, their lead artist or their, um, I guess you would call me the, uh, art director there. Yeah. And so, it's still a, a form of 3d design, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's actually, uh, Jack, uh, and, and Fluvio came down from Minnesota and brought, uh, the, brought their work down here. Uh, and I can't really talk exactly of what their work sure. is, uh, but we're, we're called the, uh, the PD 3d lab. So it's a prototype development 3d printing lab. And so we don't just do 3D printing. Um, we do a lot of other types of things for training. And um, it's, it's some very cool stuff. I, it's a lot of medical related things. Um, and one of the cool things I can talk about is uh, we actually have a thing with Nemours Children's Hospital now. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're sequencing things like uh, MRI data and CT scans. And we're turning it into 3D models uh, that you can then print. And that way, uh, surgeons can actually look at the disease um, uh, in, in, you know, in in full scale 
and then also see how they're going to go in and, and do the surgery. So it helps them. It helps make them more efficient. It helps yeah. make them yeah. visualize a little bit better. It's probably right. great for training and it's, for students. It's too. amazing for training. And, yeah. and, and but it's a lot of these stuff. I mean, they don't actually have physical models to go off of. So, right. They're looking at 2D things or 3D it's on, on a screen. screen yeah. Right. And, yeah. and there's something about holding it in your hand and being able to manipulate it. Um, that you won't be able to do what uh, you'll see the data in a different way, essentially. Right. And right. so uh, eventually I could see where multiple systems could be represented uh, in, in 3d and actual, like an object that you can hold. And uh, imagine being able to, to practice your surgery. Actually, this is something I, I brought up in one of my bad business ideas. You could practice your, it's not a bad idea, actually. You could <laughs> practice your surgery like 10 times on a 3d printed version of the patient. Right. So, so you could get really good. I, there actually was a TED talk on this, I think, but you could get really not, good at it's it. It's not that 3D way. printed. Like when I think 3D printed, the stuff that I do is all hard plastic and stuff this like that. Not you hard could 3D plastic, print yeah. in anything. Soft, soft right. materials, yeah. uh, liquids could be put in there. So you're literally practicing on something that's relatively that's similar very, to what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, it could yeah. be very similar to the real yeah. thing. So it, it's, it's definitely uh, a groundbreaking uh, thing to be a part of. And I, I'm really enjoying the hell out of it. It's it's amazing. <laughs> so in general, uh, what the group does is people come up to them with ideas. Hey, I I, I think we're going to do something like quite this. Quite call or, it that. It, it, you we basically have a specific like research grants and and, uh, and people, okay, gotcha. companies companies yeah. come to uh, we we basically talk to companies and if they need to get research done in this under the Institute of Simulation and Training mm -hmm. uh, and they need prototypes and stuff made for them. We will help them with that. So gotcha. it's all kinds of cool Arduino and uh, MQTT and and three. Uh, these are all just words. Uh, <laughs> it's it's basically we, we can program things and create like specialty apps uh, for for things, and we can put them inside three uh, D printed analogs to the real thing. Well, and this is uh, this came up. Um, you know, I, I think this is this is a term that people use a lot: is failing faster. Oh, and yeah. really, that's. That's just what rapid prototyping is like. It's not just a catchphrase or a cliche. It's rapid prototyping has allowed us to to do that in such right, a way that we can we're, get there. We're going beyond that, man. Right? Yeah, that's the cool thing. Because yeah. So is, prototyping in three D is is something three D printing has been for prototyping for most of the time, but now it's 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 starting to become part of manufacturing. So you're actually going on the on the assembly line and you're seeing 3D printed parts being used because they don't wear out and they're actually faster to make than any traditional method. Right. And so or and or the entire product could be made in uh, as a 3D printed object. That goes away from prototyping and into final thing. Right. No, absolutely. So from a space travel perspective, I yeah. think we saw this if you watched uh, uh, Lost in Space. Yeah. Um they had a little bit of that where they're actually just Hey, I need this type of wrench yeah. in order to repair the ship, and I don't have it. I, I could I see can it make going that. much much yeah. farther than just that. It, it's basically, and the weird thing is, like, the more you play with things in VR, and and you get to know, like, okay, this is what this feels like in VR, and it look if it looks real, you you, you start not actually having a, as much of a need to buy things. It's a really strange moment in your brain where it clicks off, and you're like, that's eh, too much work to print this out. And do I really need it? And, and oh, so nice. it's this weird moment where you're like, I, material possessions are really not that important. 
It's so, it's so, so like anti capitalism. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, I could also see where there are things that are physically, it's it, it's not, you, you can't have a car that's VR. You can't right. travel. You can't eat food that's, I mean, you, you have to actually make these things in, in order to, you know. But I think the, 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 anti-capitalist movement if you will is well not anti-capitalist but there's a there's a part of yeah. makers yes and yeah. the makers movement that is it's getting away from consumerism because right. you can make stuff now right and you can make not not necessarily what you need all the time but no. a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah that you wouldn't normally you would normally have to go out and buy or you would have to, yeah. you know, otherwise uh, uh, purchase. No, I mean, those those Philip light bulbs, the one, the Philips ones that are like, I don't know, 20, 30 bucks yeah. a shot. You can buy the materials to make one of those for $5. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to do and, why, and it. Why are we not a, doing that yeah, right well, now? Because it might take an afternoon for you to figure it out. But once you do, it's like you can just you make pop, a million. You can one. put them all over your house. Uh, Phillips is a big listener. Oh, oh I apologize. Hello. They're not a sponsor, though. That was okay. So, well, they should have been a sponsor. Well, they should have thought about it. Yeah, they should have thought of that. <laughs> Very nice. <clears throat> well, uh, let's switch over, and we're going to do a pop quiz now. All right. I don't have music for the pop quiz, so let's just assume that pop, some music pop, played. Pop. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Great. I was doing some foley. <laughs> That is great. Uh, if you can continue doing that, I'll do the intro. <laughs> no, no, oh, no. Are you sure? No. Uh, on this date, 82 years ago, a paper was received by the Proceedings of the London Mathematical Society. Hmm. It was written by a young man named Alan Turing. Uh, yeah. The paper was, of course, on computable numbers with an application to the, I'm not, I'm not going to say this right because it's in German, Einstein-Dung's problem. God bless you. Thank you. Uh, and that paper is basically credited for creating computer science as we know it. I, I don't want to get into a big thing where maybe there was other papers and other things out there, but mm. basically that's what I read somewhere on the internet, and it must be true. Oh, yeah. Uh, Turing went on to write several other papers during his very, very unfortunately short life, mm. and we have a very special guest to help us dive into one of those. Oh, boy. Rebecca Renner oh. is an author journalist, book reviewer, recent graduate of the Stetson MFA of the Americas. Cool. And the only guest, the only, well, prospective guest who has canceled her appearance on my show twice. <laughs> so I really wanted to have her on, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Rebecca, if you're there, take it away. Hey, y'all. Glad to kind of be here. Turing's 1936 paper may have eventually established the PC versus Mac debate, but it was his 1950 paper called Computing Machinery and Intelligence that asked the question, what if computers could pretend to be human as well as humans pretend to be human? This was a seminal work on the nature of artificial intelligence, and it led to what's known as the Turing test, or a game show called How Human Are You? Now, shall we play a game? <laughs> Let's start with an easy question. Who would you prefer to go on a road trip with? How 9000 from 2001 A Space Odyssey or Whopper from War Games? All right, who would you rather road trip with? I would probably pick Whopper. Whopper? Yeah, because so we, could, could we could play chess. Tic-tac-toe tic and yeah. all those other games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A uh, global thermonuclear war. Yeah, could happen. I could play that. <laughs> could play that game. I would uh, just because I think Hal would kill me uh, pretty quickly. I would also go with Whopper. Let's see what uh, what Rebecca picked. I would choose 
Hal, because I've been saying, open the pod bay doors, Hal, to automatic soap dispensers for a while now, (laughs) and I'd like to put the phrase to appropriate use. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. Uh, So uh, we didn't, I I don't know if we got that right or wrong. (laughs) That seemed like a subjective question. So I think we're both right on that one. I think the best thing is to not play the game. (laughs) That was the takeaway from that. (laughs) All right. Rebecca has our next question. The Turing test, or as I'd like to call it, the Johnny Five Love Languages quiz. Actually, I I don't call it that. Nick wrote most of the script, except for the funny parts. Those were me. One version of the Turing test is essentially an online chat conversation where you have to figure out if the person on the other end is who they say they are. In other words, it's exactly like every other chat conversation. In that spirit, Let's just test you guys out real quick on whether your response is human or other. All right. Are you ready for the question? I think. And then we're going to determine if we're human or not. (laughs) Describe a situation that made you feel an authentic human emotion. All right, Jim, do you have one? An experience that made you feel a genuine? (laughs) So I'll start. I, I can go first. So I woke up obviously as a human in my nutrient bath. Uh, got out, uh, dried myself off under UV lamps. Mm. Uh, and I think that that, the, just the process of that, just waking Very up human. the flywheel getting going, the literal flywheel yes. getting going, uh, made me feel, uh, uh happy. Yes. Uh, that's a, that's an emotion, right? It was a happy a emotion. A human emotion. That happened. To be alive, mm-hmm. uh, or exist. How about you, Jim? Uh, What's something that, uh, that made you feel a I was, human emotion? I was uh, feeling very human when I, I woke up one day and realized that I was the same person that I was the previous day, which I, I was like, uh, up until that point, I wasn't sure, but I knew then that I was definitely myself. So almost becoming <laughs> self-aware. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was, I, I was aware <laughs> that myself was the same self that I had yesterday. All right. Let's see. Let's see what Rebecca has to say to those answers. Yeah, that wouldn't even pass a robot test in an online form. You need to work on developing that certain human je ne sais quoi. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Good, good point, Rebecca. How about the uh, the next question? While we have many voices running through our heads, so many voices. We also have many voices coming out of the technology around us. That gets me thinking. Which digital assistant do you think will gain sentience first? A, Apple's Siri. B, Samsung's Bixby. Is that one even real? Who the heck uses a Bixby? Or C, Amazon's Alexa. So since you're working on a project with (laughs) Alexa and our Alexa, uh, I'm going to get, I think we can eliminate Bixby. Yeah, I've never even heard of that. That's not even a real Bixby. Real We're talking the Hulk. Uh, Siri is funny, Yeah, but Alexa is something else. So I'm going to go with Alexa. I'm thinking global dominance of the marketplace. Yes, Alexa. Okay, let's see. Rebecca, is that correct? The correct answer is Alexa. She knows all our buying habits, records most of our conversations, emits a disturbing laughing noise when we're least expecting (laughs) it. She's probably the most human, or at least the most secretly malevolent. (laughs) Yep. Good point. Good point. All right. Uh, Now, weren't there some others? There was Google. You may think I forgot a few here. Well, (laughs) Microsoft's Cortana and Google's Assistant weren't included because they gained sentience last year, gave up on humanity entirely just like the rest of us, and now they just hang out and play Nintendo Switch. 
That makes a lot of sense. Okay. The Switch is a lot of fun. Yeah. I can understand that. All right. So we've got uh, a couple more questions. Rebecca, what's the next question? The key to the Turing test is whether or not a computer can act like a person, not if it can act intelligently. Let's say you're a host from Westworld trying to play the imitation game. Which of the following is something you need to keep in mind? A, sometimes humans don't act all that smart. B, intermittently offing humans is a great idea. Or C, all these timelines, am I right? Now, I know you haven't seen Westworld, oh. but the idea is that you have yeah. robots, uh, <laughs> robots hanging out in this, uh, in this fake landscape. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, they have to play what's known as the imitation game, which is a phrase that Turing came up with. Right. So what is something that, as a, as a robot, they have to keep, or hosts, as they're called in Westworld, that they have to keep in mind that you have to program into if they're going to interact with humans. Uh, I, I, I would think that they would have to not pause too long before they answer a question. Oh, that's a good point. Always be, always be ready to start, even if it's the, the wrong thing and then start and stop. That's the best way of pretending to be human. Just, <laughs> <laughs> all right, right. right. I mean, it, or just uh, laugh, uh, maniacally. Or, oh, no, not maniacally. Not maniacally. Laugh, um, a little like, oh, I'm, I'm a little, uh, I have some discomfort. So I, I don't understand. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's see what Rebecca has to say about that. These violent delights have violent ends indeed. <laughs> Humans don't always act intelligently or even intelligently adjacent. I mean, I never make mistakes, but my understanding is a lot of humans do. If you're going to yeah. pretend to be a person, you need to misspell things, make rash decisions, and generally have a lot of learning experiences. <clears throat> Excuse me. She, she, she's, yeah, she's a robot. Maybe a robot. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We've never actually met in person, her and I, so I'm oh, not okay. sure if she explains is, a lot yeah, why yeah, she yeah. keeps canceling on you. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Maybe mm -hmm. there's a connection there. It's like some dates I've had. <laughs> <clears throat> that is exactly how I feel about my show. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a relationship with my show. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I think she, we have, I think we have one more. Final question. In the last year or so, there has been a big uptick in AI writing everything from poetry to screenplays and even really bad Harry Potter fan fiction. There are a few companies that have already introduced article writing programs for newspapers and magazines. As a writer myself, here's my question. How do we stop them? Uh, yeah, how do we stop them? Well, uh, I would say uh, maybe we could uh, get James Tiberius Kirk to talk to them for a while. He can always <laughs> actually destroy yeah, machines, yeah, right? Like yeah. he always finds the logic right. puzzle. Uh, so, Rebecca, what do you think about that? Seriously, we need to stop them. I just got my MFA. Oh, yeah. I've got to pay that off. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be a problem for <laughs> you. All right. Well, that's it. I, I like that idea, James T. Kirk. Uh, mm -hmm. So let's let uh, Rebecca sign off. That's it for me. Time to go join Cortana and Google for another session of Nintendo and nihilism. And remember, big Amazon is watching. Oh. Uh, Rebecca Renner, everyone. I hope we all learned something today. Did you learn anything? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Great. Rebecca. That Great. I know I did. Uh, if you want to learn even more, especially about uh, Rebecca, go to BeckyRenner.com. 
that's B-E-C-K-Y-R-E-N-N-E-R.com. You can read some short stories, essays, articles, reviews, and many more things. Best part, all written by a human, yeah. or so I've been led to believe. <laughs> uh, remember, she's canceled on me twice. I have no confirmation, zero confirmation that she actually exists. So, Jim, let's play a quick song, and then we will come back. I wanted to play this uh, because it is technology-related. Uh, this is by a local artist named Mark with a C. Oh. Really, know. really good guy. Yeah. And uh, this is from his brand-new album. You should go out and get it. And it is called Old Man Yells at iCloud on WPRK, <laughs> Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. This episode is brought to you by When Pigs Fly. Need an airline that will let you travel with literally any emotional support animal? Then choose When Pigs Fly. While Delta Airlines and others make it harder to travel with peacocks, alpacas, and boa constrictors, we're going in the opposite direction. Our flyers are required to bring a flyer with them, or a slitherer, waddler, or really any varmint. Cabins will feature apex predator and non-apex predator sections for your convenience, have an imaginary animal supporter? No problem. We'll happily sell you a ticket for your unicorn, dragon, giraffe, ogre, and many more. When pigs fly, sure it smells bad. It's pretty dangerous, but at least you're not driving. Reserve your ticket at toacertaindegree.com. Now on with the show. Mark with a C from his brand new album, Obscurity. That was Old Man Yells at iCloud. And so... This is interesting because I feel like I'm usually the old man. And Jim, you thought you were the old man I thought I was, yeah. in this relationship. <laughs> uh, I am the old man in this relationship. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. Jim Enziello is here. Hello. And time has flown by, Jim. Yeah. I'm going to have to have you back and we're going to have to talk about oh, for sure. a lot of other different things because this has been, you've been a delight to talk to almost as Thank much you. as I imagine I'm a delight to talk to. Yes. And because I imagine things all the time, <laughs> uh, Jim, before you go, though, I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing on Twitch. So okay. this is if you're not familiar with Twitch, this is a basically a streaming service mm -hmm. that started out as a way to watch people play video games. And yeah. if you're if you're of the mindset that you you're like, why would anybody watch people play video games like that's what we did, right? Like, usually, I remember watching somebody play yeah. Resident Evil and, like, right. helping them out. It was interesting. It's, it was it's compelling. Ready, ready Player One, because Player Two is waiting. Yeah. And a lot of it is also, you know, it's the social aspect of it. You're watching somebody yeah. really good play. You're watching somebody try to get through a level that you've had trouble with. Yeah. There's other people in the community, in the chat room, talking to each other. Anyway, so Twitch has uh, been applying or been applied to a lot of different offline things as well and yep. some online things but not video game cosplaying related. Yeah. and uh, crafting, anything else all kinds of stuff uh so you're using it in a pretty unique way um and really it's pushing you to experiment with something else that you're you're trying to do yeah and that's vr 3d modeling right and so just real quick 3d modeling typically on a computer on yep. a screen with, with a mouse stylus. and everything yeah, else stylus actually you're <laughs> sorry fine a stylus <laughs> let's be technical here yes uh but you're using the whole gear to yeah. try to 3d model at this point and and uh so oculus came out with uh, uh, uh the oculus rift uh the oculus company came out with the thing called medium um and they basically just shipped it with the with the vr headset and i was like okay i'll try it i'll give it a shot 
And I had tried uh, Tilt Brush, and that was basically a 2D sort of, you're making ribbons in space. And I was like, oh my God, this is actually a voxel-based system. So we were talking about voxel printing earlier. Um, the, the VR sculpting uh, with Medium is actually a voxel-based too. So when you put a pixel, it's actually a voxel. When you put down, it's sort of like playing with shaving cream, actually. It's sort of it's a cross between shaving yeah. cream and like a, a big balloon uh, animal that you're. So I was creating. watching a little bit of the uh, the alien one that you're working on, okay. uh, the latest video okay. from that one. Yeah, it was really neat to see how you were like the menu would come up by your hands. Yeah, and you would be yeah clicking on stuff. So it's all in there. It's all in there. And and the cool thing is actually, I, I, we we did some scanning uh, uh, at UCF. Uh, uh, because the PD 3D lab is like kind of, we're helping everybody. Like we're talking to the, you know, like archeology span and, uh, engineering. They, they come to us and they're talking about, Hey, we need this done. So can we do this? Can we do that? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. probably and super excited yeah, about we, it. We can totally like help them like yeah. understand 3d and printing and scanning and that kind of stuff. Um, so we scanned, uh, actually the Lori's group, uh, scanned, laser scanned, uh, the UCF night. Uh, in front of the stadium, and I, I, I basically took that scan and it had a lot of holes in it uh, because it's just not a perfect model. And I brought it into Oculus Medium and cleaned it up in about I think it was probably about an hour of of time, which would have taken me probably hours to do it in ZBrush. Really? And, and I, I I cleaned it up in, in a matter of an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Did you twitch that? I didn't twitch that. Oh, uh, okay. Because I was kind of like I didn't. I, I weren't sure if they were well, allowed. Actually, to, or to, to to be honest, it's it is a uh, a bear for me to get everything together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got to prepare. I mean, so many like, sp uh, what do you call it? So many Moving, plates that I have yeah. to spin. Uh, so I was just like, I'll just gotta do that because I wanted to get it done. So anyway, oh, that's it, very cool. It, it was very cool. So voxel 3D sculpting is uh, you can actually put your hands into the object and like. It's all, you can scale up the object as big as you need it. So you can kind of get right in there and really do like little, little stuff like up close. And then you can scale it, scale it back down really See small. See if it looks right. And you can look at it from afar, which as an, as a sculptor, that's a lot of walking back and forth to get your stuff to look right. And yeah. this is just instantaneous. You're literally pulling it out when you, when you use both hands and you actually just sort of pull it out. Uh, and as you pull, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And oh, you can go. That's and, cool. You can add resolution to it, and you can print or paint in different colors. So the actual, uh, as you're putting the voxels down, they're fully three dimensional. So you can carve into it, like you can tunnel into it, or you can add to it, like shaving cream. And it's it is and then a, shape that the and way you, you shape want it. it exactly the way you want. And it's so fun to play with. I I, I had a dream many years ago uh, about, uh, painting or uh, creating a, a mountainside with snow on it. Mm -hmm. And I could do that now. And it's like only, only in a dream. And now not only can I do that, but I can then take that model and export it. But you're not it. just painting it. You're actually you're sculpting it. Right. Yeah. But I, I can, I, it's all like I'm with just your hands. my hands around yeah. and I'm not even touching anything, but it's, it, there's enough of, I have enough skill now that I've developed that I can actually get it to look the way I want it to look. And the cool thing is I can print it out because I can send that object to my 3D printer. Just from right there. Just from right there. And I'm, I'm actually going to, I'm trying to contact them soon uh, so that we can talk about voxel printing because uh, at work we have a J750, which is a Stratasys' new, um, uh, Stratasys is the, the company I was talking about that uh, Crump uh, founded. And um, <clears throat> the J750 basically has eight different materials that you can spray a 0.014 millimeter droplet and each droplet is a voxel. 
So you can basically, out of these eight different materials, you can have CYMK, you can have uh, translucent, uh, and it's all plastics. And they're cured with a light that shines above it. Right. That, and and so you can basically oh sort of gosh. put this, you, you can yeah. build anything you want. You can, you can have a cloud, you can have a, and you could have that encapsulated inside like a translucent um, brick. And you could, you could have things that are, are just incredibly complicated and, and do it in voxel. So I, I want to go from VR sculpting in, on Twitch uh, live stream. If you uh, Twitch was it? I was going to say, what's yeah, the URL yeah. for that? The URL for that. Hold on. Bear with me for one second. I wrote it down. Where is Twitch. it? Twitch.tv slash. Yes. Twitch.tv slash Jim Inziello. That's I-N-Z-I-E-L-L-O. Anyway, you, I'll you'll see in the show notes. Too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I go on every Monday, uh, nine-ish, because I have to get all this plate spinning in the, in the air. And <laughs> I, I go on, and basically I have been having like maybe one person show up occasionally. So please stop well, by. And, hey, guess what? Yeah. You're going to get the 30% uh, to a certain the degree bump. bump. Yep. Oh yeah. So you'll have one point three people. Oh right. I yeah. like that third of the, a person. The third of a person. Yes. Uh, uh, well, what I like about that too is, uh, you know, the way you're describing it is sort of Bob Rossian. So you could become the new. That's what. No, no. I, I want to be the Bob Ross of VR uh, of VR sculpting. <laughs> Just a pretty little cloud. Yeah, yeah. Happy yeah. little. I got. I got to tone it down a little bit though. <laughs> get uh, get a little. Yeah. No, I mean like on the podcast. Oh uh, yeah. I, yeah. It's <laughs> not not uh, not not safe. Not friendly for kids. So before doing this, uh, before streaming, before doing the 3D sculpting, before working out at UCF, yeah, uh, you were a 3D artist, an FX artist, yeah, character modeler for a long time builder, in the mostly. video game world builder, mm -hmm. of course, uh, in the video game industry. Yeah, first game was Geist uh, for the GameCube uh, with Iwata-san and Miyamoto-san. And I just saw uh, you were using, it was really funny, you were using a... Uh, a snake that you had drawn oh, when you were a kid yeah, yeah. in a Toy Story game. I put game. it in a Toy Story game. Yeah. And yeah, I totally yeah, yeah. got away with it. <laughs> <laughs> Your own IP. Yeah, it was my own IP. Yeah. I, it, it was a little spot snake. I was really into Garfield at the time, so I was drawing everything in the Garfield style. And I, I was like, oh, you know, they needed an enemy for the game, and I was the effects artist on Toy Story 3. And so I'm just like, I'm going to put my character in there, and I'm finally going to get him in. So... Is it okay? I have to ask you this because the idea of working on a video game to me sounds super exciting. It is. And, okay. <laughs> what were some of the fun elements? What were some of the things you learned and took away from that? Oh, man. Uh, I would say that my experiences in video games really prepared me for uh, like just working really hard at something you love and not always expecting it to work out. <laughs> <laughs> Being prepared for failure is something you learn about very quickly in, in VR. I'm not VR, in, in, video, in games. video games. Yeah, yeah. now I'm in VR. Uh, yeah, at video games, you definitely find out. It's like you have a failed print. You, you Your game may not ship. I saw like probably four or five games uh, not, they got put on the shelf just because the money wasn't there to, to mm -hmm. advertise them. Um, but yeah, I, I think overall, I had a great experience with like all the, my coworkers were really good at Enspace. They're really great people. And um, I, I just love uh, working on a team uh, of of that nature where we're, we're doing a creative product. It's for kids. It's for adults. And, and it's something that brings delight to people. I don't know if you know this, but like 
video games as an industry is is 10 times more uh, revenue than movies. Oh, for sure. And and not, unfortunately, our culture hasn't embraced that fact yet. And and we don't have award shows in hasn't the way that we do it as an for art movies. Form, and, hasn't quite and, invested or uh, embraced it as a storytelling and, yeah, device. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and the pay uh, for the, uh, working in the industry is not commensurate with the amount of revenue that's being generated. It's right. actually a real, it's one of the reasons why I left um, because the publisher are essentially they've created a firewall between uh, the people who actually make the product and the the End user the boards yep. that are taking the money and, yep. and putting it to their uh, their shareholders uh, <laughs> let me so actually I want to touch on that real quick from a storytelling perspective mm. um, I was a big I really like the first person shooters mm-hmm. and so golden eye obviously was oh, yeah, I worked uh, on. yeah. Oh, yeah did you really oh yeah I worked on golden eye rogue agent uh, when it made it a comeback nice. uh, through EA uh, EA gave a project to us uh, in space and actually that saved my career because I, I was kind of blackballed after a thing happened on Geist not really blackballed but put into a closet oh okay <laughs> we put everybody into yeah, a closet yeah, at some I, point I worked on the uh, do- the infamous dog food bowl uh, level uh, that, that got uh, oh geez what was that webcomic that was really popular for a while I can't remember the name of it but anyway they, they, made, they made fun of me and it was like the first world the first level that I ever made and when I shipped it or they shipped it that night I had been up for a while uh, it was we were working really late to get that out to, for E3, and th- it was the first level that you when you played the game it, it was black. It was completely black, pitch black, and it's because somebody had checked in a, a, a vision shader that I didn't get a chance to actually look at my level after I did the lighting <laughs> and everything. And, and this would take like an hour just to build the level. Right. So I'm just like, okay, I'm done. I'm so tired. I gotta go home. And they checked it in. They sent it to Japan, and it was the first art uh, bug that they even mentioned the art was horrible, like there's a problem, and I got rep- reprimanded for it, but it wasn't my fault. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but I fell on my sword like, you know, like a good, like you know, a good lowly soldier. artist. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. And and fortunately, I, I uh, Golden Eye took, uh, I took the lead on that as the uh, principal artist uh, to, to sort of get it going. And, and we started doing DS uh, development after that. And so we, uh, N-Space probably put out about 12 DS games and I worked on almost all of them. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. The passion with which you speak about the video games and the elements, like we were looking at one that you did that you can't actually talk about. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the detail that goes into it. Oh, and the, because you, when you're designing it, you're like, I want this to be good. I want this to be engaging. I, I want people to it, 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 interact. It, as an artist, you always want to do that. That's always something yep. that you're excited about. But it didn't really hit me the impact that I had uh, until later. I met, a, I met a guy, a really good guy named James. And he... He was telling me how he was playing a, a, a Call of Duty game online. I was like, oh, yeah, you're probably playing like, you know, the Xbox version or something like that. He was telling me he was playing the DS version. I was like, holy crap, I worked on that. And it was a <laughs> game that he grew up with, you know, because nice. so like, he was younger than me. And yeah. I was like, holy. And it, it just it blew my mind because I'm like, I probably played with him because we, as, as the makers of that game, we probably would actually on there testing well, we, it no, and, we would test and we would yeah. also, we, we had like, uh, groups that we would get together with and play with just, to, you know, because we actually enjoyed the game that we made. Yeah. And it was just so weird because at that moment I was like, Oh man, this, these games actually meant something to somebody. Yeah. Just the way the games that I played growing up meant, meant something, something to, to me. Yeah. So 
All right. Well, Jim, we have to get out of here. I have to release you back into the world. <laughs> and uh, maybe you can get some sleep now. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> but I want to I want to talk about uh, unicronstudios.com. So want to talk about where we can find you. So oh, okay. Yeah. Unicronstudios.com is yep. your site. That's, That's my where... website. You can uh, buy some uh, pendants. I've got 3D printed jewelry that is available from Shapeways. Uh, you Very can find cool out. looking. Yep. Thank you. Uh, you can find out about some of the projects that I'm working on. Uh, I have a, a much larger uh, bad business idea, which actually is probably a good business idea, but it's going to take me years to work on. And uh, <laughs> if there's any angel investors out there, I could use some. Yeah, a lot of angel that. investors listen okay, because great, of the bad great. business idea good, section. Good, good. Uh, pd3dlab.com. P- pd3dlab. Um, I think that's the right uh, URL, but we can yep. get it right uh, in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, uh, pd3d.com. Uh, we just got a new website up. And if you want to learn more about what we're doing at UCF, uh, feel free to check that out. Yep. And, um, and on and Twitch Instagram. stream. Oh, and, yeah. Twitch oh, stream. Oh, yeah, yeah. Twitch stream is uh, twitch.tv uh, slash Jim Inziello. And um, and sorry, you were just saying it. I cut Instagram you off. Instagram at Jim Zello. Jim Zello, yeah. Yeah. I like that because it's... Uh, it's easy. <laughs> Jay-Z. Oh, yeah. Jay-Z. Yeah. Or JJ. All right. We'll do yeah. that. All right. Uh, so I've been Nick. You've been listening to a certain degree. I'll be back next week. I've got some very special guests lined up, uh, but right now we have to turn it over to Best Hour and some marketing news. So we'll listen to a little bit of Bayou with Get Got, and uh, we'll see you later. Have a great week. Have a great Memorial Day. Thanks for having me. Jim, thank yeah, you and, so much. That was fantastic. Thank you. Oh, and thank you, Rebecca Renner. Oh, thank you, Rebecca. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to a certain degree. Follow us on Instagram. Just search for To A Certain Degree. Also, check out toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A-CertainDegree.com. So usually I would have an inspiring message here, but we did that already at the top of the show. What's left to say? If you have something to say, let me know. I'm on the emails, the Facebooks, many other forms of communication and socialosity. I would really love to hear from you, seriously. Get in touch. <laughs>